Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Praddy once again and this is episode number 26 of the FFS series. I do have to say the FFS series because we do have a sister series that we run every Wednesday and that's got to do with, you know, reviewing matches and all of that. So for this particular series, we kind of go into detail about various topics, you know, talk about certain clubs or certain topics that encompass a lot of clubs. And for episode number 26, we're going to be covering one huge club in the north of the UK and that's in Scotland and that is Rangers Football Club. And to help me discuss the championship winning side uh, and yeah, I'm saying championship winning side and it's what uh just the end of march i if i'd done this a few weeks ago we would have all also had the same thing so it probably got done in the first couple of weeks of march which is insane but uh to help me discuss this in greater detail i've got two guests on the podcast both of whom have never been on the podcast before uh, because this is the first time we ever talking about rangers uh, i think we did talk about rangers but that was in connection to indian football with the tie up that they had but uh this is the first time that we're actually talking about the club in detail so I guess we'll start with introductions and as is the norm in on the podcast we will go in alphabetical order so let's start off with Greg Greg would you like to tell us a bit about yourself Hi I'm Greg yeah um you see we are a massive Glasgow Rangers fan for all the club home and away also try and go to as many kind of European games uh, as possible I mean Mel for part of another kind of Rangers podcast is based in Glasgow and it's just great being able to speak about a club that we love and then how we have done this season so yeah it's been great it's great to be on this one and I'm really looking forward to talking about all things rangers again awesome yes i can't wait and next we move on to wilf wilf would you like to tell us a bit about yourself yeah hi pradi thanks for having me along um like greg i'm a massive massive fan of rangers along with greg i'm part of the the rangers rabble podcast um the senior member of the team if you like i'm in my early 50s I've followed Rangers my entire life obviously it's been quite difficult with the current situation with covid and stuff like that but before that every single game home and away eh, all the european games all that so to say I'm a, a massive Rangers fan is probably probably putting it correctly brilliant and uh, yeah shout out to Martin and the Rangers Rabble podcast for setting us up with this podcast i mean I, i don't think i would have ever gotten to interviewing rangers fans if it wasn't for martin as well so shout out to him and i'm glad we could have you on here all right so welcome greg and wolf to the podcast and i suppose the first question that i have for both of you is where were you when rangers won the title of course it was because celtic drew the game i think against dundee united if i'm not mistaken but uh, greg let's start off with you where were you when It was announced that Rangers won the title, number fifty-five. Eh, yeah, I was actually just in my own, my own living room. Obviously, with the kind of the restrictions and stuff at the moment, it's been difficult to kind of kind of share. I used to go to the games with like my dad and my friends and stuff, so not seeing them was probably the most kind of difficult aspect. But yeah, in the house watching that game, made edge of my seat, really just tense as the game went on. Celtic had a lot of chances and they weren't scoring, so you were getting the feeling that. Should this actually be the day? And then the final ten minutes, I was just an emotional wreck, to put it lightly as well. Just all through the emotions as they get closer. I mean, that full time whistle went. It was just the best feeling I probably ever had watching a football match, and the best feeling I've probably ever experienced as a Glasgow Rangers fan. It's just I seen them kind of win the title when I was younger, but nothing to this scale and nothing to from where we've been from to now has just been absolutely incredible. So the burst into tears, jumping about mad, excuse the neighbours, but. I remember it will last forever. It'll never be forgotten. I mean, it's just something that's going to be talking about for years and years to come, and just such a momentum stay in Glasgow Rangers history. So, but I, I was just an emotional. I couldn't stop crying. Really, it was just amazing. Honestly, one of the best days of my life. Definitely, I can I can understand that emotion, and I'll tell you a little bit about it in a while. But uh, Wilf, I want to know where you were when you heard about this. Yeah, much the same as Greg. Um, because of the, the the restrictions, we can't actually go anywhere. We can't particularly get together. So I was, I was, I was also in the house, but I'd actually gone out. I can't. I found it really difficult to watch the game, the the Celtic Dundee United game, because obviously we were only needing Celtic to drop any kind of any kind of points, and we were we were the champions because we were all they could do was was get level with our points total with what six or seven games left to go. So I actually went across the road to the supermarket 
during the first half. And then I came back and I was I was pacing the living room and my girlfriend had the, had the game on. And I actually only watched about the last two or three minutes of the, the stoppage time. And when the final whistle went and we were officially crowned champions, I mean, I've seen us win a lot of titles over my years, but I just I just sunk to my knees, burst out crying. It was just an, an incredible feeling. As Greg says, after where we've been in the last sort of nine or ten years, it was just so so emotional. It was just really sad that we couldn't be with the, with the folk we go to games with and with our friends and stuff like that. But just an emotional moment. But to answer your question, like Greg, I was just just in the house. I can totally understand. So the reason why I said that I totally understand is because uh, I'm a Liverpool supporter. And so a year ago, I had exactly the same feelings when obviously we won the title when City lost against Chelsea and I was at home as well. And I, I can understand the range of emotions that we're going, we, we can't go out, you can't celebrate with people that you normally would have celebrated with. Though, I mean, the scenes at the Ibrox after you won, those were insane. It was unbelievable to watch. I know you know, there was the whole criticism, but we're not going to touch upon that because I, I cannot blame, you know, fans for kind of the amount of joy that they would have felt, especially like Wolf, you mentioned the past 10 years, what you've all endured. Uh, but like I said, I totally understand it. And yeah, Greg, I just want to ask you, how difficult was it not being there at the stadium? Because this is such a historic moment for Rangers, everyone involved or associated with Rangers. So how difficult was it though that you weren't, around at the stadium or there were no fans at the stadium? Extremely difficult. I, it, as we touched on, just because of how we came from, it's the amount football, for me, it's a way of life. For me, it's absolutely everything. Like, no matter what I'm doing, working now, when I was busy before all this, it's, it's, it's something that I look most forward to is going to a game and just sharing the experience with my friends, but also getting to speak to kind of people that you don't know around about you and then when Rangers score a goal or they win and sharing that kind of feeling of jumping about and everything else, um, is, there's no better feeling. It's absolutely incredible. So not to have that kind of the idea, like there's, there's definitely feels if there's something missing. We're all kind of celebrating afar together and online and speaking and everything, but it's just not quite the same as being there. Um, I think as well, it's obviously it's difficult for the players. I think the fans not being there to a certain extent has helped the players in certain games and situations, but you feel sorry for players who have been there kind of throughout the years like James Tavenier and stuff today not have the fans there in moments when they've confirmed as champions is, um, is really difficult and we just hope we can all get back soon because there is no better feeling than just kind of sharing the experiences and speaking to fans about the, the team you love and stuff but so it's, it's to answer the question yes it's been incredibly difficult and you just can't wait to get back really uh, exactly. I I think the atmosphere at Ibrox would have been electric. The sim- same thing that I mentioned at Anfield would have been as amazing as it would have been at, at the Ibrox. I think we can only imagine now what the scenes would have been like when both Liverpool and Rangers won the title. And But Wilf, you've been a Rangers fan for decades now. And I just want to know, and you've seen obviously the team win a lot uh, before the 9 or 10 year drought. So where does this particular title victory rank amongst those previous title victories? I would <coughs> excuse me, I would I would say this is this is probably the best of them all. I mean I've I've seen I I saw Rangers do do the do our nine in a row and I've I've seen the, the three in a row we got previous to going down and stuff like that. But um no this this is right up there because it's because of where we've been. I mean we've been as as a football club, I'm sure you I'm sure you're aware we've been Kicked and pilloried and thrown down to the bottom bottom league, and you know the players and fans have suffered due to mis- mismanagement that's got absolutely nothing to do with us. It was basically basically greedy businessmen trying to trying to make money out of the club and just trying to for, for a bit want of a better expression trying to rape the club. But as a as a football club, Rangers just took the punishment. It's been really difficult. We just naturally assumed four years we'll be back and then we'll be back to where we belong. It's taken a bit longer than that. It's taken nine or ten, but this this season was massive. Because the last after Steven Gerrard came in, we were looking looking quite good the first half of both both his first two seasons, and then we sort of fell off a cliff at the at the, the second half of the season. So this I mean this season was massive to try and sort of arrest that, and for for all the all the leagues that I've I've seen as well, this is the first one really that we've won in the era of social media, and to me that's made it a lot more important really not more important because they're all important, but a lot sweeter because you've got, you know, you're getting hassle and stick from people you don't know on the, on the social media platforms and stuff. And there's a lot more 
lot more intense. Seems to be a lot more intensity into it. Um, and this one was was absolutely massive. And because it's been ten years since we last won a title, and I can vividly remember winning the title at, at Kilmarnock in twenty eleven. But this one's just so much, so much more special. And it's one that we're always going to remember because it's it's the first one on the journey back, and also because obviously we can't actually attend the matches. Right. And talking about social media, I think this also becomes a little more special because of the fact, like you mentioned, you can't go out and celebrate with you know people outside uh, and closely. So you kind of you meet a lot of people on social media who kind of share similar feelings. So you sort of having that contact, but not necessarily so close. That also kind of makes it special, at least for me, at least as uh, I mean, last year, Liverpool, fan, uh, Liverpool winning the title, you know, I couldn't go out celebrating, but at least, you know, you had people, you talked to people online who kind of share similar thoughts. So that does make it special. But uh, Wilf, talking about the past nine to 10 years, it must not, it definitely wouldn't have been easy being a Rangers fan with Celtics dominance in the Scottish Premier League. But I just want to know, were there any signs or did you believe that you could stop them from attaining number 10 uh, come the start of the season? I always believe every single season, whatever division we've been in, whatever t- tournament we've been playing, I believe that we that we could win we could win the league that season. For me, and I know for Greg and for I would say ninety percent of the Rangers support this season wasn't about stopping their ten; it was about winning our fifty fifth. We had to win the league to get back to where we belong. Since Stephen Gerrard's come in, we haven't won it. We haven't won anything, and. A Rangers manager can't go three seasons without winning a trophy. And the only trophy we were interested in was the league title. And yes, by definition, us winning the league stopped them winning, winning 10 in a row, but that wasn't important. The only number we were thinking about was 55. And I fully believed that we could win it, but I didn't, in my wildest dreams, think we'd have it won on the 7th of March. I mean, this season we've just been we've just been incredible. I mean, by the time we tied the league up, we'd, we'd, we'd won every game in the league apart from three, and those three were draws. So we're still unbeaten in the league. It's just, it's been a phenomenal season. Right. And you did mention, I mean, the the record this season has been phenomenal. I I know people might be saying, oh, it's only the Scottish Premier League. But no, even in Europe, your record until obviously the recent loss against Slavia Praga, which obviously meant that you were out of the competition, you were still going strong and some impressive, impressive victories there. So it showed that you did have sort of good performances and you did prove your mettle uh, even in Europe. And Greg, I want to know your thoughts on this as well. Going into the season, how much belief did you have going by what you saw over the past few seasons under Steven Gerrard? Um, I, for, for Gerrard's come in, the, the first two seasons, you, you, you could see the progress of what he was trying to... The team were really, really struggling when he came in. So it was a big, big ask and a big turnover that he had to bring in. But just not only his own kind of backroom staff, personnel and players, just the actual whole kind of structure of Rangers, if you will. Um, so as well for saying, like touching on, like, every season you go in with belief and hope, but obviously after the kind of last season with the collapse, after the, the kind of the turn of the year... Your doubts, but the faith that we really, really push on and challenge. And we will say there was always about going for 55 and just kind of pushing on there. But never have I thought an imagination that we'd have won the league so soon. I thought maybe we'd be this time still close with Celtic, maybe top, but still a lot, a lot to play for. And that's the way I expected it to go. But we've just exceeded so many expectations. And it's down to Gerard just getting the best individual players that players that maybe thought. Could have been squad players or just first-team players, but really, really progress them into better individuals and then kind of background staff as well coming in in key areas of games where Rangers have struggled and maybe they've drew or lost. I found that kind of balance and level to man management and consistency in key areas of the game on and off the ball and that has really, really helped us. And I think that's the kind of reason why we're above just the work, the, the trust the board and the players have got now. And Gerard has built that over three years. So you can see the progress. You have seen the progress over the three years but it's it really came to the stage but it's just been absolutely amazing right uh, and we'll drill down more into what uh, I mean how influential Gerard's been as well as you know the board because success comes because of the good work that's been done all through the structure so right from above down to the uh, from the board to the players but before that I there's one question that I probably missed out early on which is there was a chance that you could have won the league at Celtic Park. Uh, how did you want that to happen there, or were you, I mean, satisfied to get it as early as possible? Uh, Greg, let me ask you that. 
for me, it was soon as possible. I know they, they, get me wrong, it would be kind of speak, be speaking about winning the league at Celtic Park would have been amazing. But for me, just as, as soon as possible, because of what, again, what we've been through, and you just want to overline it, the longer it went, the more it gives Celtic that kind of, the league was always going to kind of be done, but it gives them that kind of glimmer of hope that it goes to another game. So for me, I didn't really want that. I just wanted any opportunity we could get to do it, as much as it would have been great to win it against your fiercest rivals as well. But no, I think just the first opportunity that came along to win it, we could have. The only kind of shame for me was that we'd beat St. Mirren on the Saturday, but then obviously we'd won it without playing. Maybe it would have been good to actually win it with the players on the park. I think that's probably yeah. the one yeah. they liked. But apart from that, no, the, the first opportunity was great for me. Fair enough. I can't blame you for that. I, I would have said the same thing as well. Yeah, I know. It, it would have been brilliant to have won it at Celtic Park. The same thing, like, uh, I hate to draw comparisons, but I think even Liverpool had the chance to win it at City. But unfortunately, it was the game before. So I can completely understand your uh, the want to win it as early as possible. And Wilf, let's talk about now the probably the influential factors that led to number 55. And let's start with the board itself. So have you seen any difference in terms of the investment done by the board in this team that has led to you know the, these kind of results. Yeah, without without any question, the the board took an enormous gamble when they appointed Stephen Gerrard as, as a manager, because I mean we, we all know as football fans that because you were a, an outstanding player doesn't mean you're going to make a good manager. And he he came in and straight in from Liverpool under 18s, he'd, he'd never managed a club in his own right. Luckily for us, he'd been constructing a backroom staff to come with him, and he brought in guys like Michael Beale and Tom Culshaw, and you know guys Gary McAllister, guys to do his training, to, his training for him. And the board, I mean, the board obviously made them promises when they brought him in, and they've kept those promises with, with funding. I mean, he's ever, ever as far as I'm aware, everything he's ever asked for, he's got if it's been possible to get it. But he's also helped himself because although Stephen Gerrard came to came to Scotland, not really known Scottish football, he knew European football because, I mean, he's won uh, Champions League since he's won, U- he's won the UEFA Cup, so he knows how the European game's played. I mean, Scotland's a, the Scottish League's very strange, it's a very strange little league where you play everybody four times and teams come to, come to Rangers and don't try and attack you and it's it's really, really difficult to get, get a handle on. But he knows how Europe works and from the off he came in and he got Europe right I mean, he got us from the, the first qualifying round into the group stages in his first season, which obviously brought in much-needed revenue, which was the board ploughed straight back into the team. Then the second season, he got us out. He got us again from the first qualifying round into the group stages, out of the group stages, into the last 16. And again, that's more revenue. And he's done the same again this season. So, I mean, the board have backed him 100, 100% and more. And everything that he's asked for, he's got. And, They've, they've been paid back in spades. I mean, we've now we've now won won the fifty fifth title, the fifty fifth five championship merchandise is flying out the door. That's more money in for the club. So the board the board need as much credit for this title as anybody else does. Brilliant. And Greg, your thoughts on this as well in terms of the board's impact on this particular title? Again, as obviously an absolutely massive for me. I think to have um, the trust in somebody like Stephen Gerrard, he's not had the kind of experiences and management as many other managers have in Scottish football and a, a massive, massive club throughout the whole world to go to as well for your first job is absolutely, it's daunting for them. So it's a big risk with the managers that Rangers had appointed before and have quite worked out. We knew it was going to be a, a rebuilding process for the beginning again. So that, it was exciting, but you were always kind of mindful that hopefully this is the kind of season that works out. But I think from what the board, they've seen Gerrard's, so he's a Liverpool legend, but the way he connected with the fans and the way he had the love for football and the way he had the love for even when he was on the part, the way he managed other players and how he was a leader. So I really respect Rangers board for that because they've seen that reaction right away. Gerard was an instant hero with the fans in the sense of how much he kind of got to know them, how much he kind of understood how much this club actually means to every single Rangers supporter. So right away, it was kind of on the right the foot and as Wolf was saying as well any money that's went through they've trusted Gerrard's his ability to make decisions it's been fantastic because the players Gerrard's brought in and the squad rotation the players in different positions has really really worked out a treat so the board have given more money then to kind of increase that each year and that's when we've seen that the kind of year on year improvement to get to the stage um, we are at the moment and then 
again, also just allowing Gerard to have his backroom staff and have their intake kind of in the team. And as well, for touching on as well, but the European football and the TV money, just sales went up and everything. Just just Gerard being the manager himself has just brought so much to Rangers. And I think that was what was needing a wee bit of belief back. I think a lot of Rangers fans still had the faith and will always support their team through being in lower divisions, wherever they play. But to have that kind of belief that we can actually achieve something. And I think that's what the board had kind of brought for Gerard, and then it passed on to us and it's just transformed into something great. And it's not stopping, as Gerard has said as well, let's go for more. It's not stopping. The, the recruitment will continue. The development behind the scenes, like they even have the women training with the men now and stuff. So it's all kind of inclusion. So it's it, it's absolutely fantastic. And the board have been absolutely brilliant. Like people like Douglas Park and stuff that come in now who really understand the club and are committed and determined and just don't want money doesn't really matter to them it's more about the success of the football team and what it means to the people and that's the most important thing so the board deserve it as much as Gerard and the players right and and so it should be uh and okay let's now move on to the man of the hour Steven Gerard the manager of Rangers football club and I don't know if you've uh I'm sure you may know of how bad or how poor Liverpool season is going so the fact that Gerard has managed to win the league with Rangers gives me some sort of solace just because we're seeing a Liverpool legend kind of uh, succeed while our own team is kind of wallowing in, you know, mid-table mediocrity right now. But let's talk about Steven Gerrard to come and manage a big club like Rangers. And I know people might say it's the Scottish League again, but Rangers is a huge club. And to come in and manage a huge team like uh, Rangers and like Wilf, men- you mentioned, he had only managed the Liverpool under-18s and under-19s in Europe until that time, to take up such a huge job. Wilf, I want to know, when he came into the club, what were your thoughts and how has that evolved since then? Well, as I, as I said uh, earlier, Pradi, I thought it was an enormous gamble because he had no experience. Uh, but I knew he was a big enough name that he would attract players and he would certainly attract attention, which would, by definition, attract investment, which we sorely needed at the time. He's far and away exceeded my expectations as a manager. As, as I also said earlier, you, you can't go sort of more than three years as a Rangers manager without winning anything. And my biggest disappointment in the first two seasons where our um, domestic cup form was, was, was shocking. We'd, we lost some really poor cup, uh, cup games, get knocked out of the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, when we were obviously thinking, well, we're, we're rebuilding to get to the top of the league. That's going to take a couple of seasons. Because he was honest and said that. He says, it'll take me three or four years, you know, six or eight windows to get the players in that I need. But I thought, well, that's, that's fine. We can, we, can, we can maybe live with that, but we need to pull a cup in along the way. And we never did that. And we had some really, shock, we had some really shocking cup defeats. But, I mean, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds. He's, he's learned. The good thing I've noticed about Stephen Gerrard, he's learned from his mistakes. I mean, he's early on in his, his management tenure with us, his substitutions were, re- were really poor. He wasn't making them at the right time. Or, or what we perceived as really poor and he sort of learnt from that he's not making the same mistakes he's not getting over, emo- over emotional when we win big games which he did in the first the first time we, we beat the team across the city he was he, he got very very over emotional and ultimately it was just another three points it didn't lead to anything and he got a lot of criticism for that but he's learnt from that and he's just taken it on and as I mean as a, as a manager he's, he's exceeded all my expectations Perfect. And, you know, Greg, like Wilf mentioned, of course, the first couple of seasons, a new manager, especially a new manager like Gerard, would take his time to develop. Wilf mentioned the, the uh, enthusiasm, the joy that probably, or the over-enthusiasm that uh, Gerard probably initially showed in his games, especially against, you know, Celtic and all that. Uh, as a fan, I would have thought that probably he's done that to endure himself to the time because you know it's a huge result no matter what I know even if it's just three points but what did you make of that and also the other question that I have is we spoke about how the boards believed in Gerard what is Gerard brought to the table that the board has believed in that you know uh, because if you look at it from different clubs you know boards sometimes are very tentative when they have to back new managers we saw that probably with Arsenal or Liverpool especially also at times uh, but what has Gerard done that the board's gone okay fine we believe you and we believe you enough to invest in the players that you want so yeah those are the two questions that I have for you 
Yeah, the, the, the first point, I think, as you say, it's always good um, to see the passion and I do think the fans enjoy that kind of certain element that you're, the manager's getting right behind the team and so they pulled off a big victory against like, the team across the other side of the city and he's, he's really kind of in the moment. But I think in that kind of sense of these first two seasons, he, he, he was getting to know kind of Rangers and the fans and understand, as I kind of said, how kind of much it means to both. But I think... With the old firm, it, it, it can change so quickly with results and stuff. So it's not one big result, but Rangers were still in a rebuilding process and they were still, that is well for the same as well. They hadn't won a cup and were still trying to achieve something. So you would, in that kind of sense, you look back and you go, he's probably seen like that celebration's been a wee bit premature. I've had a big result here. We need to keep a calm. We're still building. Still need to have, maybe have another window in January to get players in to keep developing. So in that sense, I think he's, he's definitely learned from that where he is more composed now and it, it's more in the sense of a game at a time whereas I think that was maybe the problem before. It's like one big result and I think that's where the downfalls came from previous seasons that it's it's one big result and some of the players are kind of thinking well that's us, we're made now which I mean we won Celtic Park and it's, but that's not the end of the season and that's no, we've not really achieved anything from, from that point. So at the time you're like yes, Gerard, great passion but now you're like looking back it would you would hope that he'd maybe a bit more composed, but he has definitely learned in that sense. But in regards to your second point about the boards and stuff, I think that's where he's learned because he's 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 seen what the club means to the fans and he's also been able to get the best potential out of players. So I think the board has seen that, that we'll give you money if you need it and he has done an, an invitation of players. But once you've got players in certain positions, what can you then do with the players? Like having two centre midfielders and two right backs, can you improve them further? And that's what he's definitely done because it's got to a stage now that we're, we're saying we don't actually need lots of players from the windows. We, we've said that in the previous kind of seasons with Gerard. He's got the players up to a level where any player could play in the first team. It's not like somebody coming in, you go, that's going to weaken the midfield or the defence or the attack. He's got players on the kind of same level so that fans go, right, I know they're going to come in and it's not going to kind of uh, upset the team. And I think it's then continued on for there. It, it, the board can see how much the fans love Gerard. I mean, the, the fans absolutely adore him. So that uh, things with the board as well, because the board cares about the fans. So it's it's just about continuing that on and having that passion. So I think that's the reason why Gerard get kept on because they could see the improvement. I think there was a game in the second season when they lost at Tynecastle, and so many fans were calling for his head. And normally that's when a manager would have went, as we've touched on before. Not many Rangers managers get that long time, but they've obviously seen behind the scenes. But people at like Tom Kilshaw and McAllister, Michael Beal are doing and Gerard in training to go right. It's not worked out this season, but we're getting to that level and Gerard's going to get us there. And I think that's what kept Gerard in his job and it's paid off big time. Awesome. And uh, Will, from from a man management perspective, how impressive has Gerard been? Because for one one player that pops into my mind, Alfred Morelos. Is it Alfred or Alfredo Morelos? Alfredo, uh, yeah. Alfredo Morelos, yeah. So he is known to be a slight hothead at times. And obviously, he's had his troubles with discipline on the pitch, especially. But, you know, we've seen Gerard persist with him. And he's proven Gerard, uh, you know, because he scored some really crucial goals and all of that. So does that speak of how good a man manager Gerard is? Because that, if I speak to a lot of football fans, that's one of the key aspects of being a good manager in modern day football. It's not only about tactics, but it's about how you can deal with personalities and egos. So, uh, ha- have you seen that with Gerard that he's a good man manager? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, taking uh, Alfredo as a as an example, as soon as you named him, he was a bit of a hothead when he first came in. From from the point of view of the Rangers support, he was he was he was badly treated by. Scottish football authorities, the referees sort of targeted him and stuff, but that's that's another another podcast for another day. That's a podcast on its own. But he has he has calmed down a lot and they've also changed the way that he plays. I mean, up till about a year ago, if if Alfie didn't score, Rangers didn't score. And that's why we had a, a poor half it's poor second half of last season before COVID, you know, put the blocks on the season. But over the over the summer they seem to have Changed his game, and he's he's now not just a central striker. He now he now plays a lot more as a team player. And you need a good man manager to say to somebody, you know, look, we know you're the guy that scores the goals, you're the guy that takes the headlines, but we need you to do this. We need you to change your game, play like this, and play like this. And that's one hundred percent down to Stephen Gerrard and the coaching the coaching team. And they've done it with um, so many other players as well. You know, as, I mean, as Greg says, they've got they've got players for every, every position. 
right right throughout the throughout the club. There's always if they have to bring somebody in from the from the periphery, they know exactly how the team's going to play. They know exactly how they're supposed to play. And you know, I mean, I mean, any players that are down, Gerard just seems to be able to put his arm around them. And he knows the right thing to say to them at the right time, which is is an incredibly good skill to have. Right, and talking about putting his arms around players, the recent example of Glenn Kamara, I mean, that was dealt with perfectly. The way I think he handled the press conference and the questions, and even this, the entire situation, I thought he dealt with it with like any mature manager would. He didn't seem to have given any sort of hint that he was such a novice, which we all know that he is, given that it's it's been his third year as a as a manager of a top top club. So yeah, there are signs definitely of how good he is and how I mean obviously there's a lot more time for him to develop uh Greg from apart from being a man manager I know I said you know tactics aside but tactics does play a huge part and what have you seen from Gerard tactically this season as opposed to some previous seasons that you know has led to this astounding record in the Scottish Premier League I think overall for this season me has been Tactically, off the ball, Rangers have been fantastic. So they have um, the, the, probably the best I've seen them in, in years. I think a lot of uh, games, even previous seasons, Rangers would start quite quick, but then we would we would drop off and the chasing off the ball when we wouldn't be as intense and infrequent as you would want. So teams were then getting a bit more belief because Rangers wouldn't have maybe found that second goal. So the game at 1-0 is always still open. Or if you're drawing. So teams would come on to Rangers and it only takes a free kick, a set play, a cross into the box. One chance is all it takes, and that was Rangers' downfall. That maybe in key areas and moments of the game, they weren't managing it well, they weren't keeping good possession, they weren't closing down in midfield or they're dropping too deep, pushing too high. So I think this season the difference is that Rangers have a lot of games have started quick out the blocks, maybe got their early goal, but then they've maintained that. And if they've not got an early goal, they're certainly Teams who are trying to get the ball down and play, there's two or three Rangers players at a time. Players like Davis, Jack, Arfield are constantly on it players and winning the ball back for Rangers and driving Rangers forward into attack. And that's been the big difference because and it's, it's led to so many victories for Rangers this season. So tactically, in that sense, it's great. Um, and I think as well, the defence pushing forward as well, there's players like Haaland and Balogun have come in who are just so composed at the back, don't look kind of as if they're fearless on edge. Don't get me wrong, every defender still has their moment, but they just seem so relaxed and calm and Rangers are playing for the back now, which is amazing to see. Previous seasons, that wouldn't have been the case, but just to start from McGregor and have the confidence to land at the Balogun and move the play quickly, it's great to have defenders so confident. So the defence has definitely tightened up and your captain, Tavernier, having the best season in his life, who, again, not just man management, but tactically, he's made Tavernier aware that defence is his position as much as he likes to go forward, he needs to be in that key area. And he's listened. He's absolutely listened because he's, he's defending has probably been the best I've seen since he's arrived at Rangers. So the AB tweaks have been absolutely crucial. And then, say, last 15 minutes of the games, it's just closing areas of the space. Rangers keeping the ball. And you've got players like Davis, who's probably one of the best signings that he's brought in, who's at 35, just so composed, can calm a game down, get the leadership to go right. We're only a goal ahead, but we can see this out. And even games that Rangers have been one up or They've been able to see it out because they've got the kind of players in their positions that are so composed. There's not been games where Rangers have gone into the last 15 minutes where I thought they could concede a goal and that's been the difference with the seasons before you've been nervous and we would drop points. So they be kind of changes and a lot off the ball works. been fantastic and I think that's been the huge why Rangers are no champions. Right, and if I were to ask you to describe range, the style of play that Rangers adopts or, uh, yeah, or Gerard u- utilises more often, what would you call it? Pressing and you know possession style, something on the counter attack or. Sorry, buddy. It's very, it's very much to me. It's it's difficult to say how Rangers play because it's different domestically to in Europe. Because as right. I said at the, at the beginning of the podcast, domestically, very very rarely does any team come and attack Rangers. So we can't re- we can't really play on the counter attack because it's difficult to counter attack a team that don't attack you. In Europe, certainly, we do play counter-attacking football a lot, against, particularly against the, the better teams, the Benficas and the Braggers and the Fireneers, because they're coming and having a go at us. Domestically, we're very much a possession-based possession team. Um, and as Greg says, everybody knows knows what they're doing. There's good players in, in every position. They all, they all seem to trust each other. And because they've got trust and belief in each other's ability, you know, they'll, they'll take risks, they'll maybe do a wee a wee risky pass because they know in Scotland if it doesn't come off the chances are they'll get away with it 
in Europe maybe not so much. So they do play a different system in Europe. It's very much horses for courses the, the way we play. Perfect. All right. Uh, I guess now let's move on to players because uh, that's probably our next subtopic. And with who, according to you, were the star performers this season? The players that you believe I wouldn't say carried the team, but you know probably stood out amongst that great bunch because this was a record-breaking season, record-breaking team as well. So uh, I'm pretty sure the entire team could be up for debate. But amongst the stars, who were the who were the few players who stood out? I. I'm one of these football sports. I don't like singling out players, but seeing as you've asked me, I will. And th- I mean, this season, the goalkeeper Alan McGregor has been—he's been outstanding. I mean, he's 39 years old. He's in his second spell with us because he left it. He left in 2012 when we had all our, our financial problems. Um, but he came. He came back. Um, Mr. Gerrard brought him back, and I mean, McGregor's been absolutely outstanding. And I fully believe that he's—he's he's one of the major reasons we've. We've only let in 10 goals in the league because the, the defence trusts them. They know they can take a risk and he'll bail them out if if that hap, if that hap has to has to occur. In the in the defence, Connor Goldson, he's he's hardly missed a minute. Uh, he's played he's played every single second of European football since the managers come in, which is incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's he's only missed about five games in three seasons altogether, which is phenomenal. He's been playing Tremendous football, as Greg said earlier. I mean, he scored scored something like eight or nine goals this season, which for a second and a half, it's just incredible. James Ta- James Tavernier, were, were, were captain and right back, who's currently out injured, he was our uh, top goal scorer. In fact, he was the league's top goal scorer up till Christmas. A, a ridiculous amount of goals for a right back. Uh, and okay, he takes the penalties, but I mean, only about half his goals were penalty kicks. The aforementioned Alfredo Morelos as well. He's been. We notice how much we miss him when he's not there. He's one of those players that. He can be frustrating when he's playing because he maybe doesn't seem to do a lot, but when he's not there, you realise how much he actually does do, the way they've got him playing now. Again, as Greg said, the midfield, Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, Yanis Hadji. To be fair, they've all they've all had their things to do, but if I had to if I had to pick player of the year contenders, I'd have to go for McGregor, Goldson, Tavernier and Morellis. All right, and I guess the same question for you, Greg. I'm very much the the, the same Lines as well, I think. You could go through the whole team. Every, every, everybody's kind of played a part in each way and every player deserves as much credit as each other. But kind of stand out players, Stephen Davis, I've always been a lover of Stephen Davis. I think he's just, for his age as well, at 35, to produce some of the football he does is just absolutely incredible. I just think in key moments he keeps the team ticking. Just some of the passes he plays in behind, he seems to be the one that's always... he's. he's Football and brain just absolutely brilliant. So I think he wins it, he kind of keeps it together. When Rangers are leading, he keeps them on the goal. If Rangers are leading a goal, he's always there. He can cover in defence. He's just absolutely everywhere. He covers so much ground. And I think he's just the quiet footballer, but or the quiet guy, sorry, but the, just the absolutely brilliant footballer. So he's definitely mm. a standout. Morelos as well. I've been a lover of Alfredo Morelos for day one. Just have seen the way he's developed and learned um, over the course of the time he's been here. It is Wolf touched on. You notice him when he's no been here, but he's been away a wee spell of no scoring goals, but now that he's he's back and scoring goals, but he's all round play in general. He can assist, he can win free kicks, he can win fouls. There's been games where he's not really involved, but he's somebody sent off, not and it, it's impacted games. He's just absolutely everywhere and he's a defender's worst nightmare to play against, and he's just absolutely instrumental. Um, and probably Alan McGregor, if I mention another one, just Rangers, as Wolf was saying, have been on top in so many games this season because teams don't really have a goal. But these kind of games against these teams, they still make saves no matter when. It could be 60, 70 minutes into a game and he's hardly had a touch of the ball, but he still comes out with some great saves. And not just that, his distribution. I set Rangers up an attack from the back. His throws, and in Europe as well, he's made some absolutely unbelievable saves. So I think they signings alone for Gerrard, like Davis and McGregor bringing him back has really, really helped us to 55. But the whole team deserve enormous credit. Perfect. All right. I guess now uh, the next question that I have for you is, I guess we do need to probably hint upon or talk about the team from the other side of Glasgow and that is Celtic. And I just wanted to know, were you at all surprised by how how they've fallen off a cliff, basically, how badly they've performed this season? Yeah, no, I have. I've definitely been surprised in the sense I expected them to be, to be in the sense I didn't expect them to drop as many points they're, on their game they're 
they're definitely better than the other teams within the Scottish League. But for a lot of old firm games now, maybe apart from the last maybe one or two, Rangers have been say levels above Celtic on the, the park and stuff. They, they, they've really, really matched them into uh, kind of controller games. And I, I don't know if for them this season it's maybe a bit more complacency, but because they were going for the ten in a row and it was it was written in the stars and all the kind of players were kind of always on the wind up about it and things like that was there. So I think they have been a bit more complacent and that has led to their kind of downfall. Also, their, their management as well. Neil Lennon, obviously, he's, he's brought Celtic success um, and he's won trophies, but I, I don't think he had the dressing room. I think there was a lot of kind of intensity within the, the dressing room. I hearing that some of the, the kind of foreign players maybe weren't fitting in and stuff. And that when they went to Dubai, that was a kind of last option to try and help this and save their league and save their title. So I think Lennon had lost the dressing room and it, you could see that on the part. There's certain players, saying Cham, Edward, who looked for a spell that they didn't want to be there anymore. They didn't really seem to be enjoying their football. I mean, Edward would score goals for fun in games in previous seasons, but he just didn't look interested when he lost the ball. Not that I watched them much, but when you see them in clips, he lost the ball, he was the chasing back. So I think they're kind of work ethic and a bit of complacency and... I just they've probably not played as good as football as what they have done as well. But then you see in previous seasons, for me, it could be biased, but they've not really had that kind of challenge. I think there's a lot of the Celtic midfield have not really had the kind of a, a strong team that's really going to face them and really going to push them and really going to press them. So I think they've had that kind of freedom where they've just been able to dictate and they've maybe been seen, not saying that they weren't a good team, but maybe a bit better than what they are. And it's came to a stage that Rangers have got to a level where it's They've got better players than them now, and it's kind of kind of came to that sense, and it's kind of they've not been able to really cope with that. But I think within their whole team, they've really really struggled to go on, and I think that's been the failure for them. All right, uh, and I guess uh, Will, from from your perspective, there's this recent news that came out that one of Celtic's midfielder, I think Scott Brown. Uh, he's left for Aberdeen to become a player coach. How, how much of that will impact Celtic going forward? And will this probably strengthen Rangers' hold at the top of the table come next season? I don't really like speaking about them, but um, I think that um, Scott Brown leaving is only, only the start of it because I think they're going to lose a lot of players. Um, unless they bring in a big-name manager and bring him in quickly, they are going to lose quite a lot of their, if you like, bigger players. I mean, I mean, Scott. I mean, Scott. Scott Brown's been been their captain, but he's not really been challenged up till up till this season. As as Greg says, I mean, it was all down to complacency for them. The way I look at it, they've basically stood still because their board of directors and the director of football and all that chief executive have thought we don't really need to spend big money because we haven't really got a challenge. And as they've stood still, Rangers have come motoring up behind them and overtaken them. So by definition, they've actually gone backwards. As I say, I don't really like speaking about them, but I think. They're going to have to do a major rebuild, and I don't think they've got the, they've got the money to do it. So all thing all things being well, being equal, if Rangers can keep going in the trajectory they're going on, it could be a, a good few years for myself and Greg going forward. All right, that's all the time we have for Celtic talk. Uh, let's move on back to Rangers. Uh, all right, Greg, going into next season uh, because now you're in the Champions League, which is going to bring about a whole new challenge. We already saw that you when you come up against a Champions League side like Slavia Praha. You know, your players are good, but you know, they might, some may suggest that they aren't good enough for that particular Champions League level. So how important is it that the board now invest in players? Definitely, I think. So I think you see the Champions League is up a, a level again from the Europa League. So a, lot, a lot of Europa League teams have played in the Champions League at that, that kind of high level. So I do think the board will maybe look to get some players and that will be able to kind of be at that um, kind of higher level. But I think at the moment for Rangers, it, it, but in the Champions League, is just it, because it's been so long as well, it's just absolutely massive. For me, just ab- getting there and having these big games and being able to experience that again is probably the kind of main focus. But they will obviously look at options to get kind of other players in that will maybe help kind of progress in that area. But I think as well, the, the Rangers players that we've We've got them now. They're only going to get better, and they've proven that they can play against top teams. I mean, but teams like Porto and Galatasaray and stuff. They've they're talking about teams at Porto, right? The Champions League quarterfinals. So Rangers have beaten Porto and played at high levels and get great results 
even away from home against these teams. So I think there's players that are definitely capable, and I think Gerard can even get more at them. The way we kind of was touched on earlier on, like the way we kind of play in Europe, it will benefit us. But I think if we can improve the board, we'll certainly look at different options and try and maybe get some players, especially if we hope not, like players like Morelos are maybe moving on. But I think that going for the Champions League, hopefully, we'll keep certain players like that and. We'll definitely progress, but I definitely think we can we can hold our own with the players that we've got in the Champions League. But we'll certainly, definitely, if we can, add that bit extra quality then to keep progressing further. Right, and I guess it's it it is all about adding rather than you know replacing because you do want to keep a sort of core bunch of players, people who you believe in, who can carry the team forward for the next you know four to five years. Uh, you want to keep those intact and then obviously add more experience into that, especially Champions League experience or European experience. Uh, but Wilf, going forward, what are you expecting from Gerard and Rangers? I think, well, for the rest of this season, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we can win the Scottish Cup. That, that sort of comes back next week. So hopefully we can, we can win the Scottish Cup and get, get our, uh, our dismal domestic cup record sorted out a little bit. But looking, for, looking forward after that, obviously... The important thing next season is retaining the title, particularly because it's our 150th year as a club and also because our recent performances in Europe have got Scotland's coefficient up to the level that Scotland's champions all being well should get directly into the Champions League the season after next. So it would be it would be galling for us to have done the hard work to get the coefficient up to that level and not, have, not take advantage of it. And as for next season in Europe, I believe we've got two Champions League qualifiers. We need to get through them. We have to get into the Champions League. Once we get into the Champions League, any progression from there, be it into the knockout stages or into the Europa League, would be an absolute bonus. Because as you said, you know it's the Champions League is a different level again from the Europa League. But we are we are definitely going to have to bring in players to play at that level. But that's that's a natural progression. I mean, since Mister Gerrard's come in, we've progressively brought in better players and that's just going to have to be a natural progression and the, the easiest way to afford that is to get into the Champions League because that opens financial doors that we that we could only dream about when he came in three years ago. Brilliant and I suppose the last question that I have for you for today's podcast and it's probably the I suppose the worst question to end the podcast on I guess it's something that I'm guessing I don't think you're dreading as yet, but I guess the question is: For how long do you expect Gerard to stay at Rangers Football Club? I don't think Stephen Gerrard's the type of the type of um, man to leave a job half finished. Um, he's under contract till twenty twenty four, and I fully expect him to see that contract out. It's also, I believe, that uh, the current Liverpool manager's contract's out in twenty twenty four as well. I don't know if that's just a coincidence or if there's any forward planning in that. But I mean, if if he can, if he can leave with another two or three league titles under his belt, a couple of domestic cups, and a, a decent European record, I would say another two or three years, and uh, Steven Gerrard can leave with my with my best wishes, and we'll see where we go after that. Right, and I don't know much about coincidences, but the fact that I think both managers signed contracts, or at least the fact that they, the clubs had posted about both managers signing their contracts, I think a day or a week apart from each other, that certainly didn't seem like it was coincidence. It seemed like there was some sort of greater plan. Now, that's probably the conspiracy theorist in me. But Greg, your thoughts on this as well, uh, in terms of Gerard, when or how, for how long do you expect him to be as a Ranger boss? Kind of along the same lines as Wilf, I think. How much effort that Gerard has put into Rangers and what he's achieved so far now, the fact that he's saying let's go for more, I think he'll definitely want to maybe stay at least another two years anyway. Just to, It's one thing getting a, a league title, but I think it'll be an even bigger achievement if they, he can then go on to retain. So I think he'll aim to look to do that. And as we've, I've touched on before, but how bad our, our kind of domestic kind of cup runs have been I think he would definitely want to get at least one or two cup victories as well and then again just to progress in like Europe I think you definitely say like get in the Champions League group stage and then have another kind of good European run and just kind of get Rangers to that level where he's, he's just progressed every year because it's only going to do his career well he's, he's definitely going to go into big things and I feel like he's better maybe 
Liverpool manager one day, but I think if he kind of keeps going the way he's going, developing and progressing over the next hopefully two or three years at Rangers, then again, he can go with the best wishes and he'll have a great future ahead. But no, I definitely hope it's going to be the next two or three years as Rangers fans anyway. No, definitely. And as a Liverpool fan, I also hope that he stays stays with Ranger, uh, Rangers. I, I hope he doesn't, you know, take the Lampard route and probably jump ship to Liverpool so soon, just in, in case Klopp was to leave. But I just hope that he continues to do what he's doing at Rangers, prove himself, develop, win titles like you mentioned. It only helps both our causes at the end of the day. And also from Liverpool's perspective, how it'll also do us and him a world of good that he proves himself in Europe because as Liverpool fans, you know, the expectations always there that you are going to be in the Champions League year in, year out, especially probably uh, not after this year, but after what Klopp's been doing at Liverpool. So I can definitely see him stay long uh, for a longer period at Rangers. He's also had that interview where he said that as well. So that kind of bodes well. And like you mentioned, I think the Liverpool job will always be open for him at some point in the near future. So it's not like he needs to rush into it. So, yeah, I mean, as he as long as he continues to keep, do whatever he's doing at Rangers, prove himself and continue to win titles, I'm sure, I mean, I, if not the Liverpool job right now, then I, I'm sure another club would be happy to take him after his contract runs out. So, yeah, we'll definitely. it's going to be interesting times for Gerrard, for the players, for Rangers Football Club as a whole. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how it goes. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have right now for this particular podcast. So thanks, Greg and Will, for being a part of this podcast episode. It was a pleasure having you on here and hosting you. I'm glad that we could discuss Rangers. And once again, congratulations to both of you. And I can't wait to see more such victories, more such parades. Uh, Hopefully, yeah, parades could be there next year again, month. If rumors are true that you know fans are going to be allowed back into the stadiums come next season, uh, but yeah, until then I can't wait to you know see what how Rangers progress and have you on the podcast as well in the near future. You know, talking about Rangers or the Scottish Premier League as well. So yeah, until then uh, I thank you once again for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, thanks. A, thanks a lot for having us on. Thanks for having us. Anytime you want, anything you want to speak about Rangers, just give us a shout. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to hold you to that. And I guess that's about it for this particular podcast. To those of you who are listening to this entire episode, whether you've been, if, whether you've joined us from our previous episode and you probably binge listening to our podcast or you've just joined us for this particular episode, if you do like the football content that we are putting out here, then please do check us out on several different podcast platforms like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Pandora, you name it, we're probably there. And also, if you have differing views or thoughts to what you heard on this particular episode or previous episodes, please do let us know. You can do that either on Instagram or on Twitter, where I try to keep as active as possible. So I guess that's about it for episode number 26 of season two of the FFS series. I'll catch you all next Sunday. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. You stay safe and see you.